Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of TCC Talk. I'm your host, Luke Fay, and I'll be joined by Rob Chaney and our very own color commentator and play-by-play man for the TCC Eagles, Tony Jobson, who also goes by Luke as well in real life. But, uh, fellas, it's great to have uh, two other guys on this podcast. And, Tony, I know you're making your Eagle debut here on the podcast, but we'll start with Rob. Rob, how has it been the last month and a half? It, it seems like I haven't talked to you in forever, and there's just been so much things that have transpired. How have you filled up your time throughout this uh, <laughs> quarantine era? Well, um, Luke, I've probably still filled it up uh, a bit slow, um, you know, with – Again, with athletic events, you know, suspended, uh, you know, for the, you know, as nineteen twenty closed out, that just created a much different spring than what I'm accustomed to. And uh, even, you know, the month of May, which can be, or which can fill up quickly with different, um, or with travel to different conferences, you know, those all moved to uh, virtual settings. So still just a very, very different landscape than than what we're all accustomed to, and uh, you know, some days it seems like uh, March night, you know, when we gathered there in the, the student union to watch the selection show uh, for the basketball tournament. Uh, some days it seems like that was a long time ago, and other days I wake up and it feels like it was you know a couple of weeks. Um, so still, just I think just very. Um, kind of surreal and still trying to um, you know, figure things out in some instances day by day. But uh, at the same time, um, I think we all are beginning to uh, turn that page and start looking a little more closely uh, to the upcoming season with the hope and expectations that we're able to, to pull things off uh, when we get to August. Yeah, Rob, got to stay positive. I know that uh, at this point in time, there's just so much going on. You, you really don't know what's going to happen week by week. But uh, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to kick off the fall season um, and everything's all right. Tony, uh, how, how have you been throughout this quarantine filling up your time? I know that early on you were broadcasting a bunch of the old TCC games, but what, do you have, what have you been doing since then? Yeah, mate, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Um, a lot of a lot of grad school work. A lot of a lot of classes. Summer classes started three weeks ago now. So really, it's just been uh, a lot a lot of work and trying to, I guess, try trying to pack five years of my life into two suitcases. That's um, that that's the current dilemma at the moment. <laughs> so outside of that, not too much. But yeah, it's a there's definitely been a bit of a void left with, with, uh, with there being no sports or, and especially, you know, no TCC sports. We were really starting to get into the groove there with uh, baseball and softball before this whole pandemic hit. So, I mean, you got to find time, you know, you've got to find things to, to kill uh, before, before then. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of schoolwork and <laughs> a lot of schoolwork and, and as you said, a little bit of broadcasting the, the games while we could. Yeah, and uh, for, for the viewers who don't know and can't pick up that accent, that is uh, Tony from Australia. And in a couple of days, it was supposed to be tomorrow, but in a couple of days, you'll be headed back to Australia for the time being, which I'm sure I, I just think about all the car trips I've made back from Tallahassee to my house and back to Tallahassee and my entire car just being full of stuff. I can only imagine what, what you're feeling having to put everything up into two suitcases. That'll be tough, but we're going to, we're going to end up talking a little bit about that later on in, in the show here. So don't, don't worry. You'll, you'll get to know a lot about our play-by-play man and Tony Jobson. But first uh, let, let's start off with something that I missed. One of the rare events in, in TCC history over the last I should say probably five years that I haven't been at. And that was the end of year athletic virtual banquet. And so I'll, I'll let you guys take that away. Rob, what was this? And Tony, what was the event like? Well, the, you know, in, in a normal year, uh, Luke, we, 
uh, typically bring everybody together for uh, an in-person banquet style event uh, there near the end of the spring semester, uh, right up against finals week. Uh, you know, from year to year, we have to kind of you know play with the schedule a little bit depending on uh, baseball and softball. But you know, really, it's it's one of the few opportunities that you have to bring everybody together because from the time that school starts up in August and and everyone is off and into their seasons. It's the, the schedule just doesn't um, open up uh, too often to where everybody has uh, a free moment. But in this very unique spring season, um, in-person was not an option for us, but I felt it was important that we continue to find a way to recognize the individuals who committed themselves and dedicated themselves to Tallahassee Community College over the last couple of years. And, and one of the points of emphasis for that event was always recognizing the sophomores. You know, we would present them with, uh, you know, photo plaque. Well, this year we actually made the change to present the plaques at the last home game and kind of create a more uh, streamlined and unified process for our sophomore night, sophomore day uh, events and both of you were there in February and saw what we did for basketball. So they got theirs, <laughs> but now, uh, you know, we changed things up. We had a, a good plan in place and then the pandemic wipes out, you know, the final home events for baseball, softball and track. We were actually going to uh, recognize the runners, both cross country and track that very next day on, on Friday when we hosted, mm -hmm. we had a home meet scheduled uh, over at McClay. Uh, I think Thomas University was coming down. Um, i trying to remember. Might have been FSU's B team. I can't remember if they had committed to, to that or not. But we had a track meet scheduled for that Friday, the 13th. And we were going to recognize the sophomore runners that afternoon. And, yeah, so we missed out on that. So we still wanted to create that opportunity. But, um, you know, as, as Tony saw – you know, we, we went well beyond just recognizing, you know, the sophomores. Um, we kind of hit, you know, some of the highlights and, and accolades for each team. Um, obviously, the spring sports did not get to, to finish that part out. You know, there were no all-conference, all-state selections, uh, all-America selections for those sports. But I um, thought it was just kind of a, um, an opportunity for us to take uh, a broad look at the many good things that we did still accomplish uh, or accomplish over the course of the year, even though it was abbreviated. Tony, you, you put a lot of effort into uh, making this event happen. Um, so what, what was it like for, for people who didn't mm -hmm. attend? It was, it was really good. Yeah. It was, obviously I haven't been to, to one of the, one of these banquets in person for TCC. So it was really good to, to see the, the sophomores get that recognition. Um, but for, for a lot of the athletes to you know, make the time out of their day as well, like, as you know, Luke, we have quite a few for, that aren't from uh, Tallahassee. Uh, Esme Toot, well, Tote as I called her for a good chunk of the season, <laughs> uh, had gone back to, to the Netherlands and she, you know, she was on the line. I know... The, you know, we saw the women's basketball team were, for the most part, sitting together. Uh, a lot of men's basketball, a lot of baseball. All the coaches were on. No, it was a, it was a really good, really good uh, hour for everyone to come back and to, to celebrate what really was a very successful year for for TCC athletics. And I know we'll talk about it a little bit later on with basketball, but. You know, obviously, men's basketball had a great year. Women's basketball decimated by injury and still had two top five uh, top five wins in the country. Baseball was on a roll. Softball was going into conference on a high note. And obviously, track and field were just starting to get rolling as well. So, no, it was a really great, I think it was a Thursday afternoon for mm -hmm. everyone to to get together. It was really good to showcase all of them and to showcase you know some of some of our highlights as well Luke a little bit of a yeah. 
a top a top ten, the top ten plays of the year for TCC. That was really good. Was there? Uh, I, I wasn't sure. Did the coaches get to speak? And was there any message that really stuck out there, Tony? Ah, uh, yeah. So all the coaches spoke. Um, at least all the head coaches did, and Coach Ben as well for, for men's basketball. And I think. I guess one of the things that stood out is all the coaches had the same message in in the sense that it you know it sucked a lot that that the season ended how it did for for spring sports but you know the the one thing that was really good to see was that you know, as a as a TCC community and I think all the coaches said this everyone came together everyone is and you know was and still is helping each other out to get through a very unique time um you know all the coaches were, were very grateful for everything um zach i think kind of kind of stepped up and congratulated coach mcleod for for a thousand a thousand and three wins now i think in, in his tcc career but yeah you know, all, all the coaches coming together and you know, thanking their athletes and getting not necessarily very emotional, but you could see the passion that, that that they have for their teams. That that's one of the things that you don't necessarily always see with with collegiate coaches, but you can tell with the coaches that the Eagles have that they love their team, they care for their team, and they really want the best for, for everyone. And Luke, I'll well, say this: yeah. um, you know, one thing, one thing we you know, we just weren't able to uh, to address that day because. You know, the spring term uh, was not completely done. Grades weren't posted. Uh, but since that, um, you know, we obviously released uh, the uh, academic information from the spring term. And, and I could not be more proud of the job that our student athletes and coaches did under uh, a very difficult set of circumstances. Uh, we had 60 student athletes who completed the spring with a GPA of 3.0 or higher. Uh, 20 of those were uh, a perfect 4.0 and 21 more had between a 3.5 and a 3.99. So, I mean, we had, we had 41 student athletes turn in a GPA of 3.5 or higher. Um, Just, just phenomenal. Uh, Women's cross country, um, you know, they, they had the best team mark uh, with a 3.93 GPA and four other teams were above a 3.0, uh, softball, men's basketball, men's outdoor track, and women's outdoor track. So just, um, just a, a phenomenal job by that group. And, and we're in the process now of you know, submitting our uh, names for um, all state and all conference uh, academic honors and the NJCAA process has opened up, and, and I think we're going to have a really good uh, representation on those all-academic lists, uh, you know, for for nineteen twenty. But just um, just to, just again, just so proud of everyone for how they uh, hunkered down and didn't allow the, you know the circumstances uh, to become an excuse for turning in a, a bad semester academically. That was one thing that that I tried to hammer home both with the coaches and in some email correspondence with the athletes right there on the, the front end of it all um, is you just um, just stay committed and put in the effort academically. You know, we can't do anything about uh, the athletic side of things, but you know, we didn't cancel school uh, for the term. You still have a responsibility as a student and everyone is in the same boat and we just needed you to, you know, again, give uh, your very best effort and I'm uh, just really proud of how they um, how they finished the spring but um, you know as, as Tony was saying just um, yeah I thought you know th- that day also yeah it gave us a chance to you know hit the high notes um, over the course of 1920 and, and I really do think you know there were some um, you know, as he alluded to men's basketball obviously was, um, you know, we were less than 24 hours away from uh, loading the bus and heading to Kansas. Um, Coach, uh, Coach McLeod, you know, we barely 
squeaked in uh, win number 1000 before it all came to a halt. And, um, you know, something I I don't really know. I don't think I wrote about it in anything. Uh, He he pointed it out to me uh, one of the days we were having a conversation. You know, TCC was one of only two schools in Florida who had hit the 20 win plateau. Uh, when the season was canceled. And, and like Tony said, they, they were beginning to, um, I think, kind of get into a rhythm. Uh, you know, they'd split, you know, the two games on the road at Chipola that week. And, and we had a home doubleheader coming up against the Indians on Saturday. And, you know, you win those two games and you start off three and one against you know, the team that's won the last three uh, state championships. You know, that's a, that's a good, good way to start your schedule. And, you know, who knows what happens. Um, softball was beginning to, I think, find its uh, footing and, and get into a, a, a good rhythm as they moved into conference play. They had not started it yet, but, you know, they had a couple more non-conference doubleheaders that I think would have, you know, produced some positive results for them as they did go into conference. Um, women's basketball, you know, Tony, you know, was right on the – Knows with this, um, I mean, injuries were just, you know, nonstop. But, uh, again, you know, they never uh, allowed that to, to be an excuse or uh, a reason, you know, for not winning. Uh, they still went out, um, played extremely hard. Uh, I mean, that last home game against uh, Pensacola, I think, just showed the heart that they played with all season. Uh, what did we go to, double overtime, Tony? Uh, yeah, yeah double, double over. And um, and yet uh, that was a game you know that that we easily you know, come out on top of. Um, but they still double overtime with six players, right? Yeah, Just six yeah. players. Um, but we had uh, you know, we had two very nice victories uh, during the season, and then you go all the way up, all the way back to the fall, and when we started up with cross country, and uh, we took our teams out to uh, the national championships in uh, New Mexico. And then um, in April, we got the news that Tallahassee was um, selected to host the 2022 cross country national championships for division one and division two. So a lot of good things, a lot of, a lot of exciting news, both in competition and and out of competition over the course of the year. And um, just really wanted to still find an opportunity uh, to highlight all of that, say thank you to everybody and um, and thanks to to Tony's work there in the days leading up to it, we were able to put together a, kind of a highlight video of the the work the the two of you did over the course of the season as well. Um, you know, it's fun, always fun to go back and watch those highlights, but I think also uh, was a chance you know for them, hopefully, uh, meaning the student athletes and the coaches, to just understand um, how much dedication um, the two of you had to that job this year. Robin, uh, Tony touched on this just a little bit, but one of my favorite parts about going to these events is uh, you always see the coaches in the high-intensity environment, and it seems like they're always picking on their players and, and whatnot. But when it comes to the end of the season and when you're reflecting on everything, you, you get to see a different side of the coach that you don't normally see and, and how much they care about their players. And that's kind of what I love so much about this event. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's 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 always it's always uh, a, a neat one. It usually uh, ends up generating uh, some uh, chuckles. Coaching Cloud is usually very good at that. <laughs> he, is, he is. He's he's the he's the best one. I mean, it's it's so funny because he's always the one. Um, you know, kind of leading up to it, and he and I, our conversation will go like. I just, you know, I want to get up there and get in and out in a couple minutes. I don't want to go into anything too long. And then, then he's usually the one that, uh, you know, they're impromptu uh, in the moment, you know, all of a sudden he's got, you know, the stories and, and everything to, to tell about those guys. So it, it's funny. He did have, well, no, let's see, this was, um, we did a, uh, we did our virtual signing day a couple of yep, weeks prior to that. that. And he was on that one as well. And he had the, he had the best uh, virtual background of anyone since uh, the, the Zoom craze has taken off. You, you know, his backyard there uh, up on uh, 
the north side of Leon County out uh, around Lake Imonia. And all of a sudden you just see about four or five deer just, just stroll across like, you know, it was just something that they do every day and they just stop and they're, you know, eating whatever they found there on the ground. But yeah, just four or five deer just move right across and he's just sitting there on his back porch talking about yeah, his well, guys. He wasn't signing. even phased. He wasn't even phased. I remember Zach was the one who caught it and he went, he went, are those, Coach McLeod, are those deer in your backyard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it was a great, great way to kind of tie it all together and and bring some closure to the to the year. And uh, like Tony said, um, you know, for 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 you and I, you know, that's an easy call to to make and set aside some time. But I was really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, appreciative for how many of the athletes did uh, make it that a priority and, and get on. I think. Um, I checked, you know, kept, kept a check on it. I want to say we maxed out at about uh, between 70 and 80 callers, you know, at, at one time. And we had, um, I know Ryan Kelly from uh, WCTV was on. So it was, it, it, it served its purpose. It brought us together. It created some exposure uh, for TCC, TCC athletics. And, um, and I think in the end, it was nothing but positive. Rob, uh, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier on um, in, in this episode, uh, you talked about the, the virtual meetings that now you're having. Usually you go and fly across the country and meet with these guys, but, but now you're having the virtual meetings. How has it changed a little bit? Because usually you're making progress and doing some rule changes and looking at eligibility and all these conference alignments. How, how has that changed where you, you can't focus as much on that given all the uncertainty? There's, there are pros and cons. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there's no cost associated with this. So it, you know, it is a, it's a cost saving measure. Um, I think it, in some cases it has probably, um, it has probably kind of kept the conversations um, more or kept us focused on the the topic at hand, and maybe eliminated some of the sidebar conversations that can come up. You know, when you're running through a, a day or two long agenda, uh, it it keeps us on task. Now, can it? Um, and I, I'll just from my experience, and we had our AD meetings in Florida a couple of weeks ago, and. Yeah, man, you know, there, there, there are times where um, you're just kind of ready to get up for a few minutes um, because, there, you know, there is no, uh, you know, the, the interaction is much different than being in person. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I, you know, you probably want to build in uh, breaks a little more frequently. That's something I've probably learned going forward. But, you know, all in all, it's, uh, I think it's allowed us to, uh, to continue to have you know, good conversations. Uh, I mean, my goodness, there have been, there have been some pretty significant changes, Luke, um, since yeah. mid-March, uh, both within our region and even at the national level that have occurred, you know, or been able to, to, to move forward because of technologies like Zoom that are available to us. So um, I think we... Uh, I think we all embrace the um, the reality that hey, we couldn't allow you know our our jobs to come to a screeching halt uh, just because of a pandemic, and we have adapted and we have found ways to continue moving forward. And I think most of us um, have uh, gotten to the point where we're very comfortable on Zoom. And even last week. Um, the professional association that, that I'm active with, uh, Natica, which is the National Alliance of Two-Year College Athletic Administrators. Uh, our executive committee hosted a Zoom meeting with Greg Dana, who's on staff at the NCAA. Um, we recorded that. Uh, we gave all of our membership an opportunity to submit questions. And then we sent that link back out to everyone the following day and uh, gives them a chance to, to watch that at their leisure. And 
they get to hear, you know, Greg and some of his staff talk about a lot of different things, not just the eligibility piece as it has changed um, because of COVID, but uh, the recruiting cal- recruiting calendar and, and other impacts as well. So uh, you're finding that not just amongst ADs, but, you know, your sports information crowd and the marketing folks and the development folks, everyone, uh, you know, finding a way to allow technology to, to help us uh, continue to move forward. Rob, moving on, uh, I know that uh, we've been getting signees for each and every sport as the time goes. And I, I talked to Coach McLeod, and he said be- because of the uh, changes with um, sophomores coming back, and he's had to let a, a lot of great players uh, slide through the cracks and not be able to come to TCC. But mm-hmm. one thing that I have seen is uh, the, the basketball team for the Eagles, uh, the women's team is pretty solid. They, they won't have to add too many pieces because they had so many first-year players. But the men's team starting to add on onto their squad, and I recently listened to uh, Zach Setembre on I can't remember whose podcast it was, but I listened to it, and he said that his goal was to try to get the best uh, two non qualifiers in the country, and he feels like he's done that so far, and he's building the class. But how does it feel to know that TCC is going to be great on both sides of the basketball court with the women's and men's team? Granted that the season uh, takes place next year. Well, you know, re- recruiting is always the, the the lifeline to any program, any sport, at any level. And as you would know, Rob, as the, yeah, the recruiter last as the, year yeah, for the as women's the, team. Yeah, as the lead recruiter this time last year for TCC women's basketball. Um, yeah, I think the you know the coaches you know did a good job of navigating that time from you know, mid March to mid May when you could not do anything in person. Now, obviously uh, for Matt, when he has a roster, you know, full of freshmen, you know, he had, he, he was in um, probably a little bit more of a relaxed position uh, as compared mm-hmm. to Zach with the men, because, you know, the men, you only had L Ellis coming back. So yep. you had, you had to rebuild that entire roster. But um, I think it speaks to the job that, that Zach and, and his staff, you know, has done in building relationships with these young men and their families that, you know, they could still, you know, take advantage of, you know, the phone, email, text, Zoom, FaceTime, Skype, whatever, still communicate with them. Um, you know, I don't know if we did any quote unquote virtual visits where, you know, someone walked around campus with the phone or did anything like that, but, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, was available to us. I think we utilized it uh, the best that we could over those two months. And yeah, we, you know, we were fortunate to continue um, signing guys uh, for 2021 and um, you know, they, they have a couple of spots left to fill and, and Matt, you know, has a couple left to fill. But, hey, if you get into to the uh, June and July period and only have, you know, uh, you know, you can count the spots on one hand, uh, that's a much more, I think, comforting feeling than uh, had you made it to June and you still had essentially an entire roster to build. Um, you know, baseball and softball, it, traditionally – you know, they, they start signing their class much earlier. And that was the case this year, you know, when the signing period opened up uh, for NJCAA back in November, uh, November 1st, to be exact, you know, we, we started signing a lot of our high school seniors at that time. So those two sports were in a much different position um, than basketball. Um, you know, baseball, you know, did have some, uh, changes um, that we were waiting out uh, as we went through the process here uh, with, as a result of the pandemic. And, um, you know, NJCA releases, you know, their changes to bylaws and whether it's uh, related to you know, a pandemic or it's just, you know, the normal business of their association, uh, they will release their bylaws. Any region can always enforce stricter measures and region eight 
does that when it comes to eligibility. Um, we count all hours, Luke. So any when it when I certify student athletes for participation, I look at their entire <laughs> academic record, uh, everything that they took at TCC. If they're a transfer student, everything that they took for college credit is counted and goes towards the determination of whether or not they're eligible. You go outside of Florida, and I think every other region follows the NJCAA bylaws, which allows you to count best hours. So when, it, when you're looking at the last full-time term, and let's say a student was enrolled in 16 hours, I count all 16. But in Alabama or Georgia, Mississippi, they can look at the best 12 of those 16 to determine if they if they meet the mark and same thing cumulatively they can choose the the best mm -hmm. hours out of that so that's one change you know that that we have stricter measures on well njcaa also came out uh, with regards to spring sports and and like you know the other associations you know we didn't count this uh year of participation for our spring athletes so obviously that creates um, some challenges that we have to walk through when it comes to scholarships and participation numbers and roster limits. And Florida, in the sport of baseball, we, we have a roster limit of 26. Uh, we, have, uh, we, we can award 24 athletic scholarships, but whereas NJCAA says those 24 can be from they they can they could be full if uh, if if you had it it could be twenty four full scholarships. Yeah. State of Florida says only eighteen of those twenty four can go beyond tuition fees and books. Now whether or not they're full or not that's a different story, but eight only eighteen of the twenty four can offer something beyond tuition fees and books. The other those last six are maxed out at tuition fees and books. So we have some differences there. And so, uh, you know, after some conversation and we put forth some uh, proposals and our council of presidents approved that uh, for 2021, uh, we will, we have the ability to increase to a roster limit of 30. And we can also <clears throat> increase to 28 letters of intent Mm -hmm. And 20, whereas it was 18 and 6, it's now 20 and 8 for 2021. 20 can be full. The other 8 can be no more than tuition fees and books. Now, what you will see a lot of schools do, and this is what um, our plans are at TCC, we may utilize those additional LOIs, but we will still do so within the budget structure that we had for 24, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm not asking for additional scholarship resources. We'll just we'll just continue to divide that budget up a little differently. Should we wish to take advantage of the 28 LOIs this time? Rob, uh, you, you mentioned the, the grind that TCC's coaches have had to go through to get everything shored up. Uh, one, one of the cool things that I saw was uh, Coach Setembre doing the first in-home visit after the recruiting uh, the recruiting restrictions were lifted and to see all the positive uh, outcome that came from that uh, really gave a bunch of good publicity towards the uh, athletic program. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we're always looking for opportunities to, to get, you know, the, the brand, you know, TCC's brand out there and TCC athletics brand out there. So, you know, again, just, uh, having positive energy and 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 creating good, I think, positive synergy, you know, with recruits. That's always you know something that can go a long way, uh, not just in this recruiting class, but maybe you know next year's and, and the year after that. So, uh, and it's again, it's a just a, a sign of the times to where you know social media um, is is such a. Um, fabric of our society today um <laughs> sometimes uh you know for better or for worse um but we have really um you know tried to you know make it work 
you know, for us at Tallahassee Community College and in athletics specifically. Rob, you mentioned the certain protocols that each region is going through uh, basing off of the NJCAA uh, with all these restrictions starting to get lifted nationally and state by state. How is uh, TCC going to take about bringing back their athletes um, in, in a safe environment um, as they gear up for next year? Well, that's the that's the million dollar question uh, for all of us, Luke, whether you're um, at the high school level or any level of college athletics or even uh, the pros and each each uh, each level. And then within that, each institution is probably going to approach it a little differently. They're going to have different uh, opinions and viewpoints and priorities. And, uh, you know, for us at Tallahassee Community College, uh, you know, we have to make sure that that we do prioritize the safety and well-being of our athletes and coaches. And I know we, uh, we, we say that all the time, and I know it, it's, it almost becomes cliched, but that's really uh, what we have to focus on here. And, um, you know, thankfully, I'm not in I'm not in the same predicament as, you know, many of the NCAA schools are or even the, the high school associations um, because I don't have football. And let's just face it, a lot of the decisions uh, that are being pushed through right now are for the sole purpose of, you know, hoping to have a football season. Um, so I don't which have – generates, Which generates all the revenue for all the other sports in, in other contexts. Exactly. Uh, but, of course, two-year athletics is not – Yes, it, yes we, exactly. you know, we Two-year athletics does not exist – uh, because of revenue. Um, so, you know, we, we're in, we're already in a little bit different uh, boat to start with. Um, but thankfully I don't have football, um, you know, bearing down on me where, where I think that would really, um, you know, create uh, an even greater sense of urgency. But with that said, um, you know, we traditionally have, men's women's basketball report uh, for that final summer term uh, to get a head start uh, academically. And of course, at that point, you're only, um, you know, you're, you're less or you're just over three months um, out from the, the start of your um, scrimmage month and all. So, you know, many reasons why we, we try to bring those uh, student athletes back at the end of June. Um, Right now, still a lot of unknowns uh, because, you know, the campus is not open to students. Our facilities are not open. And until that happens, you know, there's you know, very little that we can do when it comes to, to team activity. Now, we do have a few uh, student athletes who remained in Tallahassee, you know, from the time that the um, you know, shutdown happened in March, primarily women's basketball, because we have so many international students and we did not want them to leave the country and uh, risk not being able to get back in. Um, so right now uh, we are in the process of developing uh, a, a timeline and some protocols that, uh, that we feel like would be realistic for us and for our coaches and athletes and ones that will I think give us the best opportunity to resume some type of normal activity as we finish the summer and hopefully move towards the start of a you know relatively normal fall term. Um, but I mean, my goodness, everything is just subject to change right now. You just uh, all you can do is plan. And then, you know, be ready to adapt. I guess as as you yep. move as you move up on on certain benchmarks and on certain dates, um, processes and protocol. I think you know when we get those ironed out, 
you know, those, those should be applicable, whether it's um, a month from now or three months from now or six months from now. Um, so there, there's two sides of it. I think there's, you know, making sure we have protocols in place that, that are going to promote uh, a safe environment, but also a timeline that is going to allow uh, everyone to feel safe as well. And, and we'll try to, you know, bring, bring them back in stages between now and the start of fall classes in August. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still uh, very much a wait and see process. Uh, we're expecting some guidance from the NJCAA by the 15th of this month. Um, thinking that would primarily address fall sports for now. And of course for us, you know, that only, um, or is most relevant for cross country, even though it might dictate, um, fall baseball and softball a little bit. Um, uh, and then soon after that, our, uh, Florida ADs will, will reconvene and decide if we need to take uh, some additional measures, because even within the, the state, you know, when you're talking about, uh, returning to campus and returning to participation, you know, I think in the panhandle, um, probably fewer hurdles to clear than let's say Miami-Dade and Palm Beach. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just because, you know, that's been more of a, uh, an epicenter of COVID activity in the Southern part of the state, but you can break it down to a conference level. And it, again, if you want to use the panhandle as, as your sample size, you know, we probably have more hurdles to clear than maybe uh, Chipola or Northwest Florida, uh, maybe even Gulf Coast, uh, just because we're in a larger setting here in Tallahassee. And, and I think that's part of the unknown is that even, even when we know the direction the NJCA wants to go in, what do Not we do? Not everyone can abide by that. What, yeah, what do, we, yeah. what do we do as a region? Because we all, we all may be ready to go at different times. And does that align with the start of the seasons? Do we, do we delay the start of the season? Um, and, and we've, we've had initial discussions about some contingency plans um, as far as the schedule goes here in Florida, uh, as far as when fall sports would start and winter sports. Um, so there's still, still a lot to be determined and a lot that we just don't know. Um, but the first step is being able to carry out a plan that would start to bring the student athletes back to campus. You know, w without that, uh, it's hard to, to go much further in uh, moving towards the start of a season in the fall. Rob, you mentioned how important technology has been um, in, in this time. How, how, how much comfortability do you get in knowing that you built um, an online uh, presence and uh, really helped build the online streaming service through live stream and blue frame to where if you aren't able to have uh, fans come into games, you can still uh, be able to present the game uh, to outside people? Well, we've been, we've been streaming games for uh, a decade now, a little over a decade. Uh, the first first few years of that, uh, we we outsourced that, and it was limited to basketball, and that was because we had a a vendor here in the Panhandle who wanted to stream Panhandle Conference basketball. So you know we we jumped on board uh, six years ago, and it is just I cannot believe it has been that long. But um, an intern at the time that I had for fourteen fifteen, uh, his name was Carl Hunt. Uh, he was a grad student at FSU, and um, he he came over and worked with me for a year. and And his skill set included, you know, video and digital media and stuff along those lines. So we uh, we took advantage of uh, the opportunity to submit a grant proposal through our TCC Foundation's College Innovation Fund, uh, and we were funded to help uh, start up that initiative and what that allowed us to do was expand beyond basketball. And now we were able to, to stream uh, home games from all sports. And, and we do about as many events as we possibly can uh, with only one set of equipment. Uh, we obviously have to pick and choose on days where there are overlap, but you know, honestly, those are 
relatively uh, relatively small number of days, you know, in in the course of, of any given athletic year. And um, you've been a part of that for the last five years. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, number one, hopefully it's been a good experience for you, but hopefully, uh, you know, you've also seen, I think, the value that it can have. And it's just uh, – kind of commonplace now in athletics, in college athletics, uh, you know, to have that piece um, as part of your offerings in the athletic department, uh, because you can, you can provide it live, you can record it and put it, play it back on a, you know, essentially a tape delayed basis. Um, you know, we've simulcast uh, our games through Facebook and it's a, it's a great tool. It's a great way for us to, um, Again, get TCC's name and brand out there for more for more people to see, and we're 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 in a climate right now where live streaming your events might be more valuable than ever before um, because we don't know what might happen with the ability to bring fans into our events, and certainly you know we're not talking about. Um, tens of thousands of event of uh, fans at an event like a Florida State football game, but you're still talking about a significant number of individuals who might not get to enjoy those games in person this year, and this would be a, a way for us to still connect with those individuals. And I think back, uh, Luke, to 1993. Um, my I, I was a sophomore at Auburn. And of course, they were on probation that year. Um, one of the most severe penalties that has been handed down to anyone in the last quarter century, probably. But they <laughs> they could not not only could could they not go to a ball game that year, they could not be on television. Wow! Um, and they went undefeated, eleven and zero. You didn't get to play for the SEC uh, championship as far as the the game was concerned, but. Uh, they, they went 11-0, you know, beat a top five Florida squad, you know, Georgia, Alabama was the defending national champion. So it was a legit 11-0 record. And, and, they, and they were in the conversation for the national championship during that last month. But because they weren't on television that season, Auburn's play-by-play radio guy at the time, uh, the late Jim Fife, that was kind of like his coming out party. I mean, he was already well-known and already had legendary calls. And I think, I mean, you knew his voice. But all of a sudden, that year gave his popularity and, and his um, just what he did, it, it skyrocketed. Because that was the way that – that was the only way you could follow Auburn football that year unless you you made it to the game. So I think, you know – in a similar, you know, a similar way, you know, if, if we are fortunate to have an athletic season in 2021 and, and host games, um, I, I would say a strong likelihood that we might have to, to do it without fans, at least, at, at least indoors, I, you know, outdoors, uh, you know, spring sports probably gives you a little more flexibility. I don't know. Um, but I think this is an opportunity for us to really um, maybe help everyone understand that you just the, the real value of why we live stream our games and the service that we provide. And, and maybe it uh, allows us to you know, get a little more uh, buy-in and support internally to help us uh, deliver an even better product. Uh, and, and, I, and I think we've, I think we've done an outstanding job to again you know we don't have a tv station at tcc like some of the schools do and that we don't have that kind of built-in infrastructure we we have kind of just built this on our own and you know you've done all of this while also being a student and so did Mm -hmm. david lamb and so did you know tony johnson um so to to see what we've been able to do with this platform um just I've been extremely pleased and, and I have thought about it, you know, different, different times about how that might be the way for people to watch the TCC Eagles in 2021. And, 
And if it is, um, we'll give them our very best. Well, I, I want to bring in Tony, if uh, he can jump back in on this. And how is uh... – how has this improved your skill set by by learning the blue frame and live stream equipment? Yeah, you know, I came in with a year of radio experience. I did radio back at back at West Virginia Tech for for a local radio. Station. So I have a little bit of uh, uh, I guess sound experience, but yeah, blue frame blue frame and live stream a whole different thing. So. Yeah, I was very lucky to be able to to learn off off really the same way that you and Rob were this year, a, a new platform, and it was it was really good. I've been able to do um, a bit of sound production. I've been able to do a lot of a lot of you know uh, graphics. Yeah, a lot of graphics and basic troubleshooting and it's given me a, a little bit of a I guess a skill set now with you know obviously with broadcasting and being able to play by play for, for radio for you know for live streams and television but you know color commentary as well with with new sport and you know it's I guess a bit of a resume booster as well, being able to say, you know, I can do basic graphic design. I can do basic broadcast engineering. And from there, I know that, you know, the experience at TCC is going to be huge going down the road. And, you know, we mentioned going back home where the opportunities aren't necessarily as uh, well known. So that puts me, I guess, a little bit ahead of the game. In that regard, for, for not sports back home, but for baseball and and basketball and uh, softball as well. Tony, uh, as we wrap up this podcast, uh, we mentioned it earlier that you'll be headed off to Australia tentatively on Saturday or so. Um, I want you to come back and, and tell us what exactly uh, TCC has meant to you and uh, some of your favorite memories that you've encountered uh, meeting all these people and how, how you'll take it uh, on your flight home and, and reflect on that. Yeah. Um, you know, TCC has been, been a big part of my, my experience here in Tallahassee. I was very fortunate with uh, the, I guess, the FSU career fairs, how, how it all came about. Rob dropped a, dropped a couple of, couple of inputs and, and ran straight back out the door. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jason Pathis over at FSU was able to get me in contact. And, and yeah, no, it's been a fantastic experience with with Rob and yourself and you know, all, all of the teams. Everyone made me feel very, very much at home. Uh, but, you know, I, I'd remiss not to, not to point out Zach Zach September and Matt Huddleston, the basketball coaches, they were fantastic as I was finding my feet with, you know, with getting to know some of the players and to know who, who I needed to look out for and their roles on the team. And, you know, obviously Luke being play-by-play uh, -play for the women, a, a lot of stuff for them stands out. Um, you know, the win, at Gulf, the win against Gulf Coast while they were, Number two in the country, number four in the country. I think they were four at the time. At, at yeah. home, uh, forty-two. It was, you know that was a a brilliant play with or a brilliant game. Sorry, with seven players and I'm trying to think of what else. Eric Hester's against Andrew College stands out. The buzzer beater at the end. Um, you were doing solo that yeah. time. I, I remember. I was I was sick and I. I remember looking at my phone, watching the last three minutes and being like, wow, man, I wish I was there. And as soon as that ball went up, uh, I, I, I was just a little bit, I, I, I got to say, I was jealous that you got that call and um, you sure did make the most out of it. it. It did make the top 10 TCC plays of the year for sure on that. Yeah, it was a, yeah, a, a brilliant solo play by, by Eric. Um, the L. Ellis dunk where you and I just kind of go berserk for about 15 seconds. Yeah. That, that definitely stands out. Um, 
what one of my favorite memories with you was was our final game together for basketball where you know I call you up on a whim and say I I convinced Rob but I did it wasn't me who convinced him another athletic director got on his case and, and convinced Rob we're, we're going to do the game tomorrow and you drive all the way uh, the next day and bring all the equipment and just the excitement and being in in an area where you know the championships on the line and I know that TCC didn't get to win it but just that whole experience just was uh, was one of those moments that I'll always be able to look back on. Yeah exactly and you know that's that's kind of where the radio stuff came in as well we knew, you know I knew from from the radio days back at West Virginia Tech, uh, okay, here's here's how we transition in and out and, and and that stuff. And it took a little bit to get back into it. It took a couple of minutes, but we we got our groove. We got right. It probably was one of our better better basketball calls of the year for, for you and I. We got in the groove and we had to describe everything. It was more play by play, not a lot of color, but but it meshed well. Um, but you know, we'd be remi- I'd be remiss not not to talk briefly about Coach McLeod's one thousand. That was possible at the time, and you know, it was an honor to to call you know a, a historic game in in his career. Um, and you know, the baseball team were getting on a roll at that point. We've already mentioned it, but to see what it meant to Coach McLeod and, and to the guys to get that win for. Yeah, incredible to be in the press box. Um, I mean, softball as well. Yeah, I, I can count five, six, seven, eight different players for, for the softball team. The Casey Herbs, Grand Slam, anything from Alyssa Krauss, her moonshot against Santa Fe. Uh, Esme, Esme Tooth last game was incredible so but you know I've, I've had so many fantastic experiences and you know I, I don't know if any of the coaches will, will hear this but a huge shout out to them to, to all the players for making me feel at home to to you Luke for you know initially bringing me under the wing and then letting me f- fly the coop no pun intended and um, <laughs> being able to, to do play by play for softball and and for women's basketball, and obviously Rob to you as well for giving me the opportunity to come down and impart what little knowledge I had, and and to be a part of, of TCC for this year. It's it's definitely going to stand out for for my time in Tallahassee and and in America, and hopefully one day um, if the opportunity ever arises, I'll get to to come back and and sit in the stands or get back get back behind the microphone and call a game or two because, you know, the Eagles are one of the premier JUCO programs in the country. And, I mean, what else can you say about them? The Eagles are just, yeah, it's an amazing time. It's an amazing community. And, yeah, if I ever get the opportunity to come back, I'd absolutely love to love to take it up. Tony, and I've already, uh, I've already told you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on your offer and fly my way 20 hours over to Australia and, and visit you in your homeland. Uh, see, see what Australia has got to, all about. I know that you've got experience America. I'm sure that, uh, sure that you could, you could give me a nice little run over there, but Rob, uh, do you have anything to say uh, about Tony's experience here? No, just um, so appreciative uh, that, that we got connected. Um, you know, it was actually, uh, you know, a friend of his uh, who played basketball up at West Virginia Tech, who was from this area, who knew Robert Meeks, and so, I mean, you know, that's how I mean that's how things go sometimes. You know, a lot of a lot of what goes on, not just in athletics, but it, it, it's it's who you know and and how those you know, individuals can help connect the right dots, and and we got connected, and and I thought um, you know. Both both of y'all did an outstanding job this year. Um, you know, Tony and I, we we were actually uh, we, we we had actually been brainstorming all during that week, that last week that everything you know was was happening. We had talked about what we could do on that Friday to stream portions of the track meet out at McClay. Um, obviously, you can't 
do everything the way you know because sometimes events are going simultaneously but we were we were brainstorming what we could do out there that day even if it was just you know a portion of it but something to provide you know some live uh, coverage uh, of that sport and unfortunately we did not get to uh, carry that out and you know and then the the, the most exciting you know, part of the spring sports seasons, you know, didn't uh, happen either. But, um, I, you know, I think, I think y'all did an outstanding job. And, and for both of you, I hope, you know, I do hope it was a good experience. Hopefully it, um, if, uh, if, if this is something that, that you want to, you know, carry further into your professional career, I, you know, hopefully we've, uh, you've been a, a small piece of that, but, um, you know, your, your work lives on because you can always go to tccegles.com <laughs> and pull up the, uh, pull up the, uh, on demand archives. They're, they're free to view. And, um, and, and yeah, every season always provides some, uh, moments that, that you'll remember. And, um, and I think we delivered again this year. So, uh, just outstanding job by both of you. Tony, any uh, any final words you have for the, the Eagle fans? Look, I mean, I'm definitely going to miss miss TCC. I'm going to miss the vibe. I'm going to miss the teams and the fans. But you know, stay strong. It, it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun 2021 season for for the TCC programs. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put two predictions up um, that you can hold me to for next year, Luke. I'm, I'm going to say prediction prediction number one. Okay. Men's and women's basketball goes to the national tournament. Prediction number two, right. baseball wins Region 8. Wow. Oh. Those are those are some historic predictions right there, Tony. One, one thing that I, I'm going to predict is that you're going to be waking up at, at 5 a.m. and watching for the TCC <laughs> Mate, basketball. Brianna Chambers hopefully comes back for another year, and if she is, you know you got to support your Aussies. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Well, guys – I had a great time uh, having you two join me today, and uh, it's it's been a long time since we've been in the same room together. I know that we've had to do it virtually, but we're doing my doing our best, and uh, I hope you guys stay safe out there. And um, as always, go, go Eagles. Eagles.